Today on the show, we talk about life, death, and everything Catholic. A few Catholic words related to it. The Catholic Underground starts right now. Alrighty, you have hit the play button on the Catholic Underground. We are the podcast, cutting through the noise and bringing you the topics that matter. It's episode number 430, I think. 29? 429? I don't know. I've, I've lost count, but if you're keeping count, we hope that you are. I'm Father Chris Decker. Uh, joining me this week, we've got Kathleen Lee. She's over in, um, well, Kathleen, I think we should just call it Studio K. Uh, you know uh, what? I like that. I yeah. like that a lot. Kathleen's in, in Studio K. She joins us. Also joining us, we've got Olivia Galino, um, our, our student of life. Yes, that's me. <laughs> hey, Olivia. Hey. Also, uh, Jeff Blackwell is still on assignment. His assignment, number one, is get better, and he's yep. doing well. So for those of you who have been asking about Jeff and praying for him, he's, in fact, doing very well. He had to go back into the hospital briefly, um, but that situation's been sorted out, and so he is on the mend. Uh, in his place is Albert. Albert DuPont is uh, is working the audio board for us so that we will sound you know, generally favorable, so we thank Albert. And Ed Ball is running video in the video cave there. So, the ball uh, pit? The ball pit, as it were. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yes. lest I forget the, mm-hmm. the vocabulary. And thanks, Ed. And we've also got joining us as a special guest, uh, someone who is very, very near and dear to the Catholic Underground's heart, because she's one of our biggest fans, is Danielle Van Hout. Is that right? Hout. Yes, like shout. I like shout. Yeah. Very oh, nice. How Danielle. many times have you had to say that in your life? I, it's okay. <laughs> it's, right. it's not worth counting. Danielle Van Hout is the, uh, is the associate director of the Respect Life Office at the Catholic Diocese of Baton Rouge. So for the Catholic mm-hmm. Diocese, anytime there is a respect life issue, you're the one, you're the phone call, right? Usually, yes. Yeah, welcome yes. to the show. This is the <laughs> first time you. you've been on the Catholic Underground. It is. I, yeah. you know, long time really? listener, first time caller. <laughs> That's right, yeah. So uh-huh. Exciting to be here. That's yeah, so, shocking. Mm-hmm. So we're glad to have you on because uh, when, when this show comes to air, it's uh, the month of October. Mm-hmm. And so even if you might be watching us or listening to us in a different month, the month of October, in addition to being the month of uh, the rosary, Mm-hmm. It's also Respect Life Month. It is. And uh, is there a particular reason for that designation, do you know, or is it just October was the month they picked? Well, uh, you know, it's interesting because it was in the encyclical Evangelium Vitae mm-hmm. that um, Pope John Paul II said that there should be a specific day set aside okay. to um, be designated as yeah. Respect Life right. Sunday. And it was something first, slightly more important right. than like chocolate chip cookie day. It's mm. a little bit. Um, yeah. yeah. National Donut Day. So, yeah. So it was the first Sunday in October. Um, okay. I don't know how much, you know, I tell I, you, I don't know there, there's something why, about October, right? Because you have, uh, you have, a, a day, October 13th, um, which was one of the days connected to uh, Our Lady of Fatima. Mm-hmm. Um, now you have uh, Blessed Carlo Acutis, huh? the, right. the little programmer saint. So all these neat things happen in October. And so it makes sense, yeah, that uh, that why not mm-hmm. in, the, in the wise mind of the church? Yes. October yeah. is officially Respect Life Month. And so we thought we'd, we'd spend a show talking a little bit about that very thing, about mm-hmm. what it means to say that, that we uh, respect life. And that it's not just what people think that it is, right? Um, but to get that conversation started, uh, we probably need to establish our bona fides, right? Um, what authority does the church have 
to talk about these issues. In fact, we hear it pejoratively mm -hmm. all the time, mm -hmm. especially when there is an issue uh, coming up, like, a, I don't know, a Supreme Court nominee or something. Mm -hmm. Abortion mm -hmm. is always, always, always um, at the forefront of these discussions. Mm -hmm. And the very first thing pejoratively is like, you have no business, Catholic Church, telling me about what I want, who I should respect and how. Mm -hmm. And so what, what business do we have talking about life issues? Right. So I, you know, there are so many starting points mm -hmm. that we could kind of jump off yeah, into sure. this. Um, it was the Catholic Church who really first, what well, was Christ, who Indeed. first started to call attention to just the intrinsic dignity mm -hmm. of each individual mm -hmm. human person. Yeah. And uh, something from uh, Gaudium et Spes, actually, all the Second Vatican Council documents that always jumps out at me is the Second Vatican Council was recognizing all of the turmoil in yeah, the world, all sure. of the questions that and people especially were man's inhumanity to man, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So, so yes. um, really, the immediate fallout of the World War II generation, mm -hmm. trying to rebuild everything, including this notion of what is man, right? Mm -hmm. Right, and for the Second Vatican Council, they recognized that the Church has the key to life and everlasting mm -hmm. life. And mm -hmm. the church had a responsibility and has mm -hmm. a responsibility yeah. to present that truth in every to age. the world in every age. Yeah. Um, and then to uphold the dignity of every mm -hmm. individual, mm -hmm. particularly those who are most vulnerable, yeah. most cast aside, Mm -hmm. most ignored so it's yeah. and and respect life it is the gospel there is yeah. one gospel the gospel of life the gospel of christ it's it is all one in the same yeah, yeah. And, so. and it's interesting how in those opening documents of gaudium spes i believe it's paragraph number 23 that uh, the church is very clear that it is christ who reveals man to himself mm -hmm. and if we want to know what we believe about ourselves as created in the image and likeness of god as as of infinite dignity mm -hmm. We need to look at the one who became flesh, the God who mm -hmm. became man, mm -hmm. and, and that is Christ. And so because we as human beings would look to Jesus and say, you are of inestimable worth, you are, mm -hmm. you are God, you are the word made flesh, he ennobles us yes. by, by becoming flesh. Mm -hmm. And so there, I think of the times in the scriptures where, where Jesus um, is trying to go against what the, the uh, prominent beliefs of the time are like when when that tower at Siloam fell mm -hmm. they were saying well well whose sins w was it that that why did the tower fall on them and Jesus is like that's not how it works right yeah it's it's not because they were sinful that a tower fell a tower fell yeah they are children of an almighty God they mm -hmm. are loved and, and, and willed directly yeah. willed by God bad things happen but yeah. he he lifted them up mm -hmm. in a sense by by lifting up the the memory of these people who died because something tragic happened and of course, we know that in the mm -hmm. scriptures, Jesus always goes towards those that nobody wants to touch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that like something interesting is, you know, there's this immediate, like maybe, I don't know if it's immediate, but like mm -hmm. you see in society that there's this like, well, who are you to talk about, uh, you know, life issues or my personal mm -hmm. issues or my beliefs or whatever. And the interesting thing though, is that like the church is often the only one talking about yeah. that, right? Because mm -hmm. like you listen to like the narrative of the world and the narrative doesn't, uh, the world doesn't say positive things, right? In the mm -hmm. sense of like saying something versus saying nothing. Yeah. Like the, the, the world will tell you like, you are not this, mm -hmm. right? You are not that, you are not what they told you, you are not this, whatever. But the, but the, the world doesn't 
give a positive value. It doesn't yeah. say you are this. Yeah. The church mm-hmm. though does, oh. right? And like Gaudium et Spes even says, like people hounded by hunger call upon those better off. I love that. <laughs> hounded by hunger, right? Like, so even if there's a, a sense of like, well, I don't know that I believe what you believe or like, what are you going to try to like yeah. do to me? You know, mm-hmm. like people who are in a state of, of longing and of, of that kind of deep interior poverty, right? Like yeah. I know, well, I think I know all these things that I'm not, but what am I? Mm-hmm. Right. And we have to have somewhere to go with yeah. that question. And those are like those existential foundational questions. And especially mm-hmm. like in a world that's inundated by new technology all the time, that's mm-hmm. constantly bringing up those questions. Right. I have to have a somewhere to go to say, to ask that question of who am I? Yeah. Right. And not what am I not? Exactly. And I know, Kathleen, you and I were talking before the show about how predominantly in our culture, everything seems to be relegated to that's just your opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And that there's no absolute anything. Right. Well, yeah. You know, and and and. Yeah. When we talk about that, this is my, you know, the, the, the world is telling you like, speak your truth. Mm-hmm. Look, boo, if I'm talking about my truth, like I know that the truth, whatever truth I come up with is not even going to compare, like, it's not even, it's so flawed. Like mm-hmm. I'm not relying on, on what I think is true. Yeah. You know, so, I, so if to, I'm the Bible, there is no Bible. Right. right. Talking mm-hmm. to my students, I'm like, what a gift to be mm-hmm. able to say, this is the truth. And I can stand in this truth and I don't have to worry about like, where did it, you know, how, how can I defend my truth? Mm-hmm. You know, I defend what, what the church teaches and I don't defend that on my, you know, the truth of, of the church. I don't defend that on my own, yeah. you know, and, and that's what's so beautiful about um, everything the church teaches is that. The church never says, this is just, I've said this a million times. The church doesn't say, this is just it. You have to believe it because, yeah. whole, you know, I tell my students a whole, bu- you know, it's not like a whole bunch of old men are sitting up in a, in an office somewhere going, what can we just make people believe? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's so much beauty in the teaching behind why we believe what we believe about life yeah. and, and human dignity and when does life begin and when, you know, when should it end and, and everything in between, mm-hmm. um, there there's beauty behind the teaching we just have to be able to find it and and sit down you know and we're encouraged to do that right and we've become such a such a people of the headline if it doesn't say it in the headline i get all that i that i can understand i know everything i need to know about an article Mm -hmm. from the headline you know and that's why there's so much misunderstanding about what the church teaches that's right it's kind of the clickbaitification of uh, of church teaching right yeah yeah exactly i i'm i'm just speaking about where the church kind of derives some of her authority especially in the midst of all the technologies that are out there because we can tend to especially now go well because we can do so many things with technology and because we can fix so many issues even Mm. biologically speaking with technology Mm -hmm. we should let technology be the leader right but uh the the cdf so that's the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith in 1987. Uh, the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith is what um, what kind of legislates and, and makes sure that the truth is being taught, that, mm-hmm. that the truth is being upheld as Christ has revealed it through the scriptures and his church. Mm-hmm. And you'll remember a man by the name of Joseph Cardinal Ratzinger, mm-hmm. uh, and, who became Benedict XVI, by the way, uh, in the 1987. <laughs> the cutest pope ever, according to Olivia. Uh, said in 1987... Um, the church's magisterium, so the teaching body of the church, does not intervene on the basis of a, um, my computer went to sleep. Of a particular <laughs> uh, Of a particular competence in the area of the experimental sciences. But having taken account of the data of research and technology, it intends to put forward 
by virtue of its evangelical mission and apostolic duty, the moral teaching corresponding to the dignity of the person and to his or her integral vocation. Mm -hmm. So the church understands her authority, not only just as something given by Christ, but able to speak morally. Mm-hmm. on the yeah. issues of the morals that correspond to, first of all, human dignity, right. to the fact that we are human beings. Right. I think, th- I think you know, what the church is, is asking, what, you know, the, what the world in general is not, is the question of just because we can, yeah. when it comes to technological advances and especially having to do with human life, just because we can, should we? Yeah. And what is our responsibility? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that, you know, we're talking about, Um, technological advances and all these things that science has come up with in terms of how we manipulate human life, you know, the question is not, you know, what should we or shouldn't we do? It's let's do what we can do. It's available. We have this technology. Let's do it. And it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. nobody's looking at at the the repercussions of it. Well, and I think that's tied to like what you were saying earlier too about like your truth, my truth. Like, mm-hmm. um, I was talking with, excuse me, with my students about like ethical relativism mm-hmm. just this past week. And one of the things we talked about was like how relativism says that in a world where like, at least when it comes to like ethical choices, but there's all types of relativism, cognitive, which just like has to do with truth mm-hmm. in general. Like when it comes to relativism, I look at anything like my, my survey of the world and I, I can, I, I take out, this is all happening like subconsciously, but I take out anything that's objective. Yeah. Right. And I leave in anything that's subjective. And so then I'm only seeing things in my perspective. But the things that were that are objective that I'm taking out of the situation, they don't just disappear. And like the need for them goes away. Mm. So like in a moral situation, I have like the the principles of of human dignity and of human life and things like, you know, don't steal, don't murder. What, mm-hmm. Right. You know, and uh, if without those principles and without the person of the, the divine being that that sets those order that that order in, in place, just like he sets the, the laws of physics in place mm-hmm. without that, there's this gap there. And I put myself I have to. Right. Yeah. There's got to be mm-hmm. something there. And all that's left is me. So I got to put myself in that role. And so I do make up the rules. I do. I am like the arbiter of my own truth now. Yeah. And that's a dangerous place to be because like, I am not God, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I can think that I am and I can act as if I am, but the consequences of that are gonna be far reaching. Yeah. And, and the, mm-hmm. the really um, sad thing about that, right, is that left to my own devices without God, um, and I've been meditating on this for quite a while now, mm-hmm. um, left to my own devices without God, I will attempt to play God. And because I cannot create out of nothing, I will attempt to create out of something that I have destroyed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I bring something down to its base elements right. as best as I can and I can pretend that it's nothing out of which I'm building a new something. That's really good. Wow. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and I mean that's that's the basis certainly of socialism and of communism as well is that we destroy the old order and we use its pieces to build up the new thing. Mm-hmm. And that's that's relativism you know, yeah. um, writ large, that's the, that's the ultimate, uh, failure mm-hmm. in order for relativism to succeed is that I play God and destroy cause I can't create out of nothing. Right. And so whenever mm-hmm. we start talking about this very, um, core principle that is being pro life, mm-hmm. it's no surprise that today in the world in which we live, it's a powder keg, no matter what. Yes. And that's why the church speaks about, um, being pro life. Yeah in a holistic sense, right? That, that it's right. concerned with dignity of the human person at the very core. Mm-hmm. Right. It, and it's, depending on who you ask mm-hmm. to define the term pro-life, you mm-hmm. will get 
that many different yeah. answers. Yeah. Um, so when the church is speaking about being pro-life, having respect for life, mm-hmm. she is talking about every single individual. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. It is all. It's really quite something to that, think about that. That when the church says, "I am pro-life and we mm-hmm. must respect life," yep. she's doing as God does. God knows the hairs on the head of mm-hmm. every person that has yes, ever lived right. and will ever live. Right. And the church is attempting to to draw all that into herself mm-hmm. as a mother. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's you know we can there can be tension with that um, for different reasons. Sometimes we may misunderstand what that means, and mm-hmm. we may think, well, but you know not all of these issues are equal, and yeah. this and that is that's true. That yeah. is not what the church is saying. Mm-hmm. But what is equal is the sacredness of every, every human life. Yeah. So we need to acknowledge that Mm -hmm. and there are particular issues that weigh more heavily simply because of the prevalence of them Mm -hmm. the act itself Mm -hmm. but every single life is sacred that's right and and it's important to note what the word sacred means right if Mm -hmm. we want to go back to even the 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 beautiful jewish words of being kadosh Uh, right Of, of being set apart of being set aside not just so that I can kind of sit in my own corner and do my own thing, mm-hmm. but set apart for for God's service, mm-hmm. to worship God and to be a vehicle of how God wishes to work. It's like mm-hmm. the, the gospel mm-hmm. that we heard this weekend was the one of um, of the king throwing the wedding feast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And whenever we, by, by virtue of the dignity that we have been invited to the wedding feast, and then we are clothed with the wedding garment in our baptism, the Lord then kind of makes us servants to go out into the highways and hedgerows and draw more people in. And so that's right. even the apostolic nature of why we as human beings are called to respect life, mm-hmm. because we're drawn up in God and the church's desire mm-hmm. to respect every human individual and even every hair on mm-hmm. their head. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that so that is one of the primary reasons we can't separate yeah. the evangelical call of the yeah. church, mm-hmm. even when we're talking about issues of respect life, yeah. natural family planning, or, you know, whatever else, mm-hmm. our desire is for everyone to be drawn That's into right. deeper union with right. Christ to and To come to know him mm-hmm. so that we can know about ourselves, yeah. which smashes the chains of relativism mm-hmm. because it draws us into something bigger than ourselves that, that we must encounter. And how much more important would it be that we encountered in a positive and loving way? Absolutely. Um, so we'll talk about the preeminent issue, but first we should remind you that we are the Catholic Underground. <laughs> Alrighty, <laughs> there's a bit of a wave happening here. I don't know yeah, what Danielle what, would yeah. tap into her inner 90s. Yeah, cool. it's true. Yeah, not accessible tonight. It's, you're not accessible to the 90s in your head. I'm Father Chris Decker, joined uh, this week as we are by Kathleen over in Studio K. Hey, Kathleen. Hi. Still here. <laughs> Still here. Yeah. Do you have any snacks at your K table? No, I ate them ahead of time. Oh, we'll have to no we'll have to cheese. let craft services know. No Jeff, night cheese. I, I am I am you know in Jeff's realm. Yeah. So there are um, poppable pork rinds. Oh. Um, I haven't made it to the microwave yet though. So. I see. That's good. Oh, poppable. We, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like a little popcorn bag, but yep. it's pork rinds. That I've is. never. That's a deep magic for me. Yeah, that's a feat of technology <laughs> right there. Yeah. Also joining us, Olivia Galino. Pork <laughs> and, rindless. And from the Diocese of Baton Rouge Respect Life office, Danielle Van Hout. Hello. 
Hi, Danielle. It's it's good to have you here because already the show has been ennobled by by yeah. your presence. Oh, mm-hmm. thank um, you. And, and I, I, we're talking about uh, pro-life issues. And so we figure as we kind of launch into a deeper discussion, we'd start with the preeminent issue, mm-hmm. right? And, and the church, this is what makes all the headlines, yeah. is the notion of respecting life mm-hmm. from the moment of conception. Yes. And yeah. that is, and why do we call that the preeminent issue? Well, um, there's a few reasons that the church recognizes that as the preeminent issue. Well, mm-hmm. first, when we look at the scale mm-hmm. of which, uh, the frequency of which abortions are mm-hmm. occurring um, since Roe v. Wade has passed just in our country alone, we've had over 61 million abortions. 61 million. And Jeez. so th- the loss of the innocent life of a child is yeah. that's another aspect that leads to this being the preeminent issue the yeah. most defenseless life mm-hmm. is taken mm-hmm. and then the woman does not leave that abortion unchanged right she right. has been profoundly wounded mm-hmm. as well yeah and it's not um, just a physical wound exactly it's a spiritual wound deep, right deep spiritual think of kind of the lord wound. of the rings you know the yeah. the uh the dagger uh may may create a a, mm-hmm. a wound that you can see mm-hmm. but it also in in frodo created a a spiritual wound right. something that he could see when he closed his eyes so to right. speak and abortion really much is is very yeah. much that yeah because it's another soul exactly right? yeah. exactly and it's abortion is happening in you know what is supposed to be this safe haven of the family right that mm-hmm. is what the family is called to be this place of protection mm-hmm. and it, it completely goes against that absolutely and and it's really do you think that that abortion that just the word mm-hmm. um has simply itself kind of become the all-embodying notion like we we remove what happens within uh, abortion and we just simply leave it at the word mm-hmm. in fact i was driving there's yeah. something that's coming along down the pike soon in the louisiana um on our ballot mm-hmm. uh, to have um a, a line in our constitution making it very clear that that abortion will not be provided for mm-hmm. and there's no way in which ever the language of abortion can be provided right. for in our constitution mm-hmm. and so that's up for um for um a vote, right? Mm-hmm. A referendum vote, yep. right? Um, and I saw the first time the the vote no for that mm. on a big billboard as I'm coming across mm. the Mississippi River Bridge, mm-hmm. and it says protect abortion. Mm. Yeah. And I thought to myself, what? 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 Mm-hmm. Protect. Normally we think protect right. life. Right. Yeah. This said protect right. abortion, mm-hmm. and there was yeah. a picture of a baby. Wow. And I'm like, so just mm-hmm. that image itself is mm-hmm. is so attempting bad. to kind of twist mm-hmm. so that abortion itself yeah. is is in some way connected with life mm-hmm. but we don't make the connection that it's terminating it right mm-hmm. you know and i think when we're talking about abortion there are so many different levels yeah. on which this conversation is taking place and we need to recognize that on one level it's a lot of sound bites no. that we're hearing yeah. yeah um i think for most people they are not having conversations about abortion Mm -hmm. and a a recent study that was um, commissioned by the McGrath Institute showed this that people are not having these conversations and are they just kind of lobbing the the buzzwords back and forth well Mm -hmm. they were just not talking use them I see (laughs) I see so the very active people Mm -hmm. from both sides Mm -hmm. you know if you will are the voices that we're hearing I see but Mm -hmm. this is not a conversation that's happening 
in among non-politically charged situations and that is where it needs to be happening but part of the reason it's not happening is because people are kind of afraid of opening that powder keg yeah Mm -hmm. and what's going to happen the other thing Mm -hmm. is that the majority we have all been affected by abortion Mm -hmm. uh so you know we need to understand when we're coming to this issue there's probably someone in our lives that has experienced abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's not the woman it's herself or the mm-hmm. man himself mm-hmm. who has been directly involved, mm-hmm. we've had a friend, mm-hmm. a sister, a cousin, who, whatever Jeez. it is. Um, my goodness, you activated Siri. Oh, I have that effect. On <laughs> you, you know, you know, you can always tell when you're having a good conversation because yeah. Satan will attempt to use technology mm. to throw you off the scent. So, yeah, so not well, this day. No, not this day. Keep going. Nope, no, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, you know, being mindful that we have personal experience mm-hmm. with this issue, and we need part of what we need to do as a church is create places where these discussions yeah. mm-hmm. can happen. Hmm. Because so often, you know, it, if I'm a, a practicing Catholic and I may know what the church teaches about abortion, mm-hmm. I know what the right answer is. Yeah, yeah. But if I'm struggling and thinking, how do I reconcile that? Yeah. Where am I gonna go to yeah. talk about that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, do I feel safe? calling my priest. I'm probably not going to go to the talk Mm -hmm. that's labeled, you know, why we need to make abortion illegal. And I'm not saying we shouldn't have talks like we should, but we also need places where people can come Mm -hmm. and dialogue Mm -hmm. in the sense that dialogue to reach truth. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Truth seeking understanding, right. As St. Anselm would say. Yeah. Yeah, Kathleen, actually, you have an interesting uh, perspective because you worked briefly um, for the Women's New Life Center. And so uh, my hunch is that some of this was was new to you as you were going into that position, trying to kind of uh, encounter uh, those who were perhaps trying to find a safe place. Yeah, you know, uh, when it comes to like abortion, which at whatever side you're on, it it seems to be that you either are you're accused of loving one over the other. Yeah. You know, and so you know, I, I remember, and I think I've shared this here. Um, our clinic that we offered free um, free pregnancy tests, free ultrasounds, uh, free professional counseling, mm-hmm. um, which was important because you know we were looking at the woman as a whole. Yeah. You know, not just what was quote unquote are considered physically wrong with her, uh, her pregnancy, the, uh, the language, right, right. That they use. Yeah. But, um, but you know, her, her as a whole being and what this not only did, you know, affected her physically, but emotionally, um, spiritually even, um, you know, my, my window was probably about two feet, two to four feet from the parking lot of the abortion clinic next door. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, there's no way I tell people this, you know, I would tell people this all the time. There's no way, even if my clinic was not what it was, um, you know, if my clinic was say a bank or something else, there's no way that you can see and witness the humanity and the inhumanity, um, and not be, not be affected by that. That's right. Hold that thought. We'll be right back. We're the Catholic underground and we will see you on the other side of the break. Hail Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. 
To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, most gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us, and after this our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. Yes, my friends, uh, you have found the Catholic Underground somehow by hook or by crook or just by, you know, viewing the podcast by and saying, hey, Facebook that sounds link? interesting. Yeah, maybe a Facebook link. Yeah, I'm Father Chris. Uh, if you're just joining us for the first time or for the first time in a while, it's still me. Nice to see you. Uh, joined by Kathleen Lee in Studio K. Also, we have Olivia Galino. And uh, joining us specially from the Diocese of Baton Rouge's Respect Life office, Danielle Van Hout. Yes. Hey, Danielle. Hello. The yeah. inimitable. The inimitable. The yes. She indeed is inimitable, oh, right? She is. Created by God specifically. Mm-hmm. I had the yeah. pleasure of working with Danielle before, and mm. let me tell you, it's a gift. So if you oh. ever get the opportunity, do it. That's right. You know, one of the things we didn't do at the top of the show is is, is talk a little bit about you, mm. um, and maybe maybe we we could could do that very very briefly. You know, yeah. talking about all the issues that uh, that that lead up to respecting life, mm-hmm. um, with with respect for life from conception being the preeminent issue. But my hunch is, my spidey sense tells me that you didn't just kind of fall into this, but that there's something that mm. um, that kind of led your heart toward it. Is that right? Is that uh, close? Or did you just fall into well, it? <laughs> no, I, I think definitely the path was laid out by the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, as with everything. Um, my husband and I moved our family to Baton Rouge from Georgia, mm-hmm. um, gosh, almost 10 years ago, 10 mm-hmm. or 11 years ago. That's about right. Um, and I knew, I just knew that somehow I was being called to work for the church. Mm-hmm. Um, my background degrees in theology, but mm-hmm. had actually done uh, hotel management and worked in women's health. Sometimes and, you need a theology degree, I guess, I, to know, do hotel really, management. It can yeah. take you anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the liberal so, arts. That's right. It is the liberal arts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, knowing that I, I was going to work for the church in some capacity, mm-hmm. um, I found out that 40 Days for Life was yep. going on. That was 2011. It was mm-hmm. the first year, actually, that there was a 40 Days for Life campaign in Baton Rouge. Okay, and 40 Days for Life is the intentional praying Yes. Uh, for yeah. 40 days, usually during what, the Lenten season, is that 40 right? 40 days, so there's a fall campaign, mm-hmm. um, and then a campaign during Lent. So, okay, yes, right, so, yeah. specifically praying um, for the end of abortion. Exactly. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So it came out, and and that's where really I first met so many of the folks that I'm still connected with now, and eventually saw that the diocese was hiring Mm -hmm. for a particular position, and Mm -hmm. yeah, and and things just kind of went on from there. Barreled in that direction, right? Yeah. Yes. Like uh, like that. Still barreling. That's right. Like that railroad thing at Disney World that, you know, I forget what they call that. Uh, Sorry, Father Palermo. What now? The monorail? No, not the monorail. Mm-hmm. The uh, the the uh, the one that's a roller coaster that looks like a train. Sorry, the ha- the the chat room will help me. Yeah. But yeah, working for the church is very much like a roller coaster for sure. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's, uh, it's but, been wonderful. But to be able yeah. to work uh, in an office that is specifically designated mm-hmm. for respect life. Mm-hmm. Um, do, does do many dioceses have that? Do you know, or is is this kind of a 
a position that's needed and there it happens to be for yeah, our diocese? So it, it varies so much yeah. from diocese to diocese. Mm -hmm. I, I would say a good number of dioceses do have, if not a, a particular office, mm -hmm. then a person who is charged with kind of overseeing those Yeah, who's kind of the point issues. person for yeah, those. Yeah, in whatever way it looks like yeah. in that particular Typically diocese. Typically kind of connected so, to the marriage and family life office or something. Uh, yeah, sometimes? again, very, sometimes with Catholic Charities. Oh, okay, Sometimes yeah. it's a standalone office. Sometimes it's part of the Office of Justice. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, Ooh, the Office of Justice. Yes. That's right. Kathleen yes. would definitely so, yeah. be the director you, of the yes. Office of Justice. Seriously. I'm the executive director of justice. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> That sounds about right. Yeah. Well, really cool. Well, we're, well, we're glad uh, that, uh, that you accepted that position. And um, I know that uh, speaking as a priest of the diocese, um, that it's important uh, for us, right, to be able to, to uh, shuttle someone who's trying, as we were talking about earlier, to have those conversations. Because sometimes even as priests, we don't feel like we have the acuity to... to um, to have those conversations with uh, with the level of depth, mm -hmm. sometimes that can only be done by a, a layperson, right? Mm -hmm. That that can can yeah. accompany them in a way that sometimes we're not able to do. Uh, so that's that's yeah. a beautiful thing. Yeah, very much. It's, it's been a gift. It's a, a great gift and, mm -hmm. to work yeah. for the church. And so uh, certainly part of part of the work that you do, talking about forty days for life, is is uh, dealing with the preeminent issue of mm -hmm. life at its earliest stage. Now, right. from conception, I, I, the, I'm paraphrasing here, but one of the mm -hmm. things that, that the church talks about um, in uh, in talking about when life begins is that it, that as soon as um, as as the, the the sexual act is is completed mm -hmm. between husband and wife, and and the the embryo is fertilized, right? Or you know the egg is fertilized, I should yeah. say. Um, it all of a sudden begins, and and this is this is a direct quote: the adventure of human life begins. Mm -hmm. And so the notion that that the very moment that that husband and wife have have become one flesh, mm -hmm. and have done something to bring about not only unity of the spouses, mm -hmm. but also specifically to procreate. Mm -hmm. The moment that that act is done, the adventure of life begins for, uh, for the embryo, mm -hmm. right? For, for the egg that has been fertilized. And so all of a sudden, that is the, the moment wherein uh, the, the soul is given mm -hmm. as a gift by God to that mm -hmm. embryo because it's now, it's its own. <laughs> mm -hmm. And how beautiful to think that at that microscopic level, God is active. And at that microscopic level, man and woman coming together uh, in the beauty of marriage are able to do something that only God can do, mm -hmm. but that God allows. Mm. So, you know, so that's why we speak about it as the preeminent issue, because that's, that's the miniature Big Bang. That's the mm. flashpoint for this new universe that is a child, yeah. you know? Um, and, and I mean, you, you want to talk about kind of mind blowing to meditate on that. Mm -hmm. That's why we speak about that as a preeminent issue. But one of the mm -hmm. things that we, we also know, especially as you do in the Respect Life office, mm -hmm. that the phone calls that come into your office aren't just about mm -hmm. uh, pro-life from the standpoint of, of uh, ridding our uh, world of the scourge of abortion. Right. But also okay. there, are, there are many other issues um, that flow forth from life mm -hmm. beginning at conception. Mm -hmm. Right. Oftentimes, yeah. I guess because of the, the abortion thing in, mm -hmm. in our just current relativistic mindset, we don't even really think about anything after con conception mm -hmm. because we're so tied up with mm -hmm. saying it's not really, that's nothing. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Well, you know, and, and that's interesting because that you kind mm -hmm. of phrase it that way because it immediately 
brings my mind to miscarriage yeah Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. the number of parents who lose a child to miscarriage and then are in this precarious place yeah this kind of middle ground of what do we do okay Mm -hmm. that was our child yet how does society encounter them because for this other woman it was just well you know that's fine um and that is you know that's a real need in the church is to have more resources Mm -hmm. to validate the grief that's correct that's right Mm -hmm. um and you know having a place for burial Mm -hmm. for miscarriage and and we are so blessed in the diocese of baton rouge because we have so many individuals who Mm -hmm. are committed yeah. to making something available that's for right indiv- yeah. and bishop duca has just been incredible mm-hmm. you know, with his support so it's there's a lot more attention being brought that's to right that. and, and 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 the death of a child through miscarriage mm-hmm. is a life issue right absolutely it's it's not only um recognizing the life of that yeah. child mm-hmm. uh, who yeah. who praise god is an intercessor yeah. now you know yeah. Um, but also the life of the parents because they have experienced yeah. a crucifixion. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, a friend of the Catholic Audio, Chris Williston, um, in Austin, Texas, experienced a miscarriage mm-hmm. of uh, of a child, and that led to the creation of an apostolate, the Mary Claire Project, where mm-hmm. they provide resources and um, and caskets for mm-hmm. uh, miscarried children. And so, mm-hmm. again, that's yeah. one of those things that oftentimes because we just kind of steamroll through life issues mm-hmm. as. Let's not talk about abortion mm-hmm. that we forget that, yeah. yeah, there there are there are those many components yeah. afterwards that are right. concerned first and foremost with the dignity of each human person. Mm-hmm. And from the moment of that of that miniature big bang in the mm-hmm. womb, right, whatever happens, yeah. uh, even through through the effects of original sin. Right. That's what we believe that any time uh, a crucifixion takes place. Right. Whether it's a an accident at work or whether mm-hmm. it is the loss of a child in the womb, it's not because God wants it. Yeah. It's because we live in a fallen world wherein mm-hmm. bad things happen. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, if there's no way for us to um, to to give word to this, to actually allow that mm-hmm. moment of of death to be sacred, then it does. It creates a much mm-hmm. larger wound where mm-hmm. where we can um, where where life begins to be taken from us. Mm-hmm. And I think that we mm-hmm. for, if we do not mourn death. Mm-hmm. Then we have no ability to rise, yes. in a, and yeah. so that really, to me, seems like what mm-hmm. the pro-life movement, if you will, is all yeah. wrapped up in, yeah. is is in saying that that God does not will death. Mm-hmm. Um, so so let us concentrate not only on life, but on resurrected life, mm-hmm. on new life, on, right. on what the Lord wishes to do. Yeah. And that's why part of the work I would imagine that you do is truly recognizing the evils, mm-hmm. not just of abortion, but also of of, of other things too. Right. And you know? So. Uh, when we talk about respect life, like what doesn't fall under yeah. that heading? Right, exactly. Yeah. But yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we certainly can delineate some particular topics. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, capital punishment mm-hmm. would come right, which is that. of course so, is a, is another kind of hot topic too because right. it's so, often politically charged. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, infertility, mm-hmm. which is kind of coupled with these techniques of artificial reproductive technologies mm-hmm. and future fertilization. Things that separate things like that. the marital act mm-hmm. from the transmission mm-hmm. of life and effectively kind of separating love mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. from the act of, uh, of, of procreation, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, education on the evils of human trafficking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, so many. Yeah. So many yeah. Uh, is, is aside from the pro-life uh, situations that are, that are um, 
kind of designated within uh, life in the, in the womb, mm-hmm. what would you say would be the next most uh, kind of prevalent thing that either comes across your desk or you get phone calls about or people ask you about? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. I, well, I, I don't know if this would count or not in mm-hmm. terms of how you're thinking, but mm-hmm. it would be couples struggling with infertility. Yeah, okay, yeah. sure, no, that, absolutely. I, yeah, cannot conceive mm-hmm. life in the womb because it- It's a great sadness. It, it yeah. is such a- trauma mm-hmm. for them you know mm-hmm. and months and rightly so because yeah, we're we're hardwired right yes. it's yeah. part of the natural law that we are hardwired to procreate yes. right? right it's yeah. given it's given by god and it, and it resonates from within us yeah. right, right. Yeah. I, I think one of the things that you know when we're dealing with when, I, when i'm talking to people about infertility and how we approach mm-hmm. that is to change the mindset or the thinking that children are right mm-hmm. you know that and i think this when it comes to abortion is the same thing you know that they're this commodity um that children you know but the children are right and not necessarily a gift yeah you know yeah, and, and yeah. none of that is to say that i don't know what it's like to struggle with infertility um and i, I know plenty plenty of friends who have and i can't imagine the struggle mm-hmm. that's there when there's a desire to to you know, bring children be, into the yeah, world yeah. to be co-creators with God and to, to fulfill that part of us um, and that desire to have kids, mm-hmm. you know, but um, you know, I, th- I think that is a, you know, is an issue is, mm-hmm. are, are we seeing children as a right that I have? Yeah. You know, and or, therefore a choice, right? <laughs> right. So, and something in that, that sense, I can, right? something yeah. that I can take control over. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, in ways that are, that are not appropriate. Yeah. Um, or is it a, a gift that I'm allowing you know, mm-hmm. myself to, to be, and my, and my spouse, right. To be co-creators with God in ways that are, you know, that yeah. are acceptable. You spark something in Olivia there. Well, I was thinking <laughs> about it cause I, I was thinking about that word commodity too. And mm-hmm. I think that like, that's an opportunity for everyone to be pro-life. I mean, cause yeah. like I can be pro-life if I, even if I'm never going to like personally encounter a lot of these issues and I might never, you mm-hmm. know, but like my my role as being someone who is oriented towards life is to attend to the life uh, at like the life principle, the soul, mm-hmm. the dignity of a, of a human person. Mm-hmm. And I can do that no matter what. Like when it comes to, to miscarriage, like I attend to life by practicing the corporal work of mercy of burying mm-hmm. the dead. Mm-hmm. You know, like I can attend to life in an every situation and I mm-hmm. should. Right. I should always be discerning. How can I attend to life? And so like in. In this situation, you know, like even if you're not someone who struggles with infertility, like we can still have this kind of implicit idea that like, oh, well, a couple has been married. I, th- I find this in the church, especially with like, like more of the, the like, even the younger generations, mm-hmm. but like the very faithful kind of Catholics, you'll see that like, you know, there's this implicit understanding of like, well, you've been married for a year, you know, mm-hmm. like when are y'all going to start yes. having babies, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. you know, or like. Uh, you've had one kid and that was five years ago. Mm-hmm. So like when's number two, you know, and like right. there may be innocently intended questions, mm-hmm. but I feel like a lot of times, especially with the friends that I know who have been married maybe for several years and have not had any, mm-hmm. any mm-hmm. luck conceiving, right. Mm-hmm. There's like this great weight because yes. there's like, all, there's this commodity that has been like enshrined yeah. and I can't get to it. So something is wrong with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something is wrong yeah, with yeah. us. I am not enough. I am mm-hmm. broken. Mm-hmm. And like, that's in a, in a maybe innocently intended way. It's a it's an inattention to life, right? The life yeah. that's yes. in front yeah, of yeah. us. Yeah, yeah. Well, in a sense, it's almost a riff on human trafficking. 
it's yeah. it's it's making life into a commodity, yeah. right? Something mm-hmm. to be traded. And whether that that trade is I want to be able to talk about my grandchildren and I want what the other my other, you know, uh, other grandmas have and mm-hmm. things like that. That's a real important discussion to have, as mm-hmm. you said, to be able to have those discussions, but to be able to inject human dignity into it. Right. Because right? it's there. But our world teaches us to live a, a, go- a fake gospel mm-hmm. that is only concerned with humanity as the commodity, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and yeah. I think that's where we can talk about uh, other, other areas like um, what you were talking about, prison ministry, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and the, the capital punishment, the right. death penalty and things like that, mm-hmm. uh, that, that to be able to recognize life at every stage and in every situation mm-hmm. means that we even uh, recognize what happens whenever somebody has transgressed mm-hmm. against uh, either divine or, or or civil or natural law in some way? You know yeah. that that even then they still uh, they still have a responsibility, or we have a responsibility to recognize mm-hmm. their dignity. Absolutely. That, uh, it- mm-hmm. I was going to say, and that brings us to our word of the day, if I may, right? <laughs> we, we figured we'd do a little segment that we call Catholic vocab. Yes. And so our, our Catholic vocab word of the day is restorative justice. Mm. All right. So restorative justice. And, um, and, and this is what we talk about, uh, how we as Catholics are called to encounter those who have transgressed against the law mm. and are now imprisoned. And as a as a, a, ten, a potential way of saying, what more can be done other than terminating the life of the person mm-hmm. who has perpetrated a crime? Did I did I mm-hmm. get that that question right? I guess or yeah, that, right. that kind so of set up right? Yeah, you know, going to the root of these issues mm-hmm. and restoring not just what was lost through yeah, the yeah, crime yeah. Um, or, you know, trying to make restoration, mm-hmm. but also restoring the person and yeah. the dignity of the person, yeah. uh, you know, and, and looking at that. And that's, you know, none of this is quote unquote easy. Like right. these are hard. That's right. Yeah. These are hard, yeah. weighty Yeah. Issues. Right. Well, because again, if, if you've been victimized or you've been wounded, um, by someone, the last you oftentimes the last thing we want to do is recognize them as a human being because mm-hmm. they didn't right. they didn't afford us the same right. dignity. Right. Sure. Uh, whereas the U.S. bishops say uh, a Catholic mm-hmm. approach begins with the recognition that the dignity of the human person applies to both victim and offender. Mm-hmm. And the bishops say that that we quote it we believe that the current trend of more prisons and more executions with too little education and drug treatment does not truly reflect Christian values and will not really leave our community safer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're con- mm-hmm. convinced that our tradition and our faith offer better alternatives that can hold offenders accountable and challenge them to change their lives, reach out to victims and reject vengeance, and restore a sense of community and resist the violence that has engulfed so much of our culture. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that, I think, is probably a good introduction to the notion of restorative justice, mm-hmm. is what can we do to restore not just the victim, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of trying to seek vengeance apart from the the vengeance that ultimately is the Lord's, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but but uh, but how can we also restore the offender? And that we as we have a responsibility to do that in mm-hmm. as much as we can, um, and not just simply terminate the life of a person who mm-hmm. has who has committed an offense. Yeah, yeah. You know, here in here in Louisiana, we have uh, a pretty tough 
prison called Angola. And, you know, when I was in high school, I learned a lot about uh, the death penalty from mm -hmm. one of uh, one of our sisters, Sister Helen Prejean, who wrote, of course, uh, Dead Man Walking had and has ex extensive experience with people. Yeah, and um, walking are, with them. Yeah. Right. And walking yeah. with people who are on death row. And, you know, I really before that, I was like, well, I mean, yeah, lock them up, throw away the key, whatever, mm -hmm. you know. But when you look at at. Um, the opportunity that people have, you know, um, even even when they're locked up and you look at, you know, the history of Angola, it's had a pretty, pretty bloody history. Mm -hmm. um, but now they have currently they have these programs where these men can feel like they um you know, have something to contribute to society. Yeah. And many of them will tell you, like, you know, I remember going to a retreat there, a retreat put on by inmates. And they do a fantastic job. Those guys are phenomenal, great. phenomenal, yeah. right? And I remember they were telling us a little bit about themselves and they didn't take that opportunity to say, look, I don't need to be in here, so whatever. No, yeah. no, right? Many of them said, look, I, 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 I am where I am because of the choices that I made, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, but the opportunity that they have to, to minister, many of them are, are ministering in, um, a hospice program that's set up, mm -hmm. you know, um, they're, they're building and making things. They're contributing to, to the, the little society that is, that is the prison, mm -hmm. you know, the opportunity to do that makes them feel like a human being. Yeah. It actually restores their humanity. Yes. Right. And, and if you see like the little sprigs that happen from that, some of the most beautiful artwork yeah. that we have at the diocese yeah. <laughs> are some paintings and some, uh, some of the crafts and things that were created yeah. by the prisoners because they were for the first time loved. Yeah. You know, and oftentimes it is a lack of love that causes us to make choices right. that destroy human life. Yeah. Right. Right. There is, there's a documentary called Serving Life, mm -hmm. and it is about the um, hospice ministry mm -hmm. at Angola. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that would be. Oh, you just cool. gave us a, a shadow pick of the week. I, yeah. I like that. And that's very cool. Yeah. yeah. Serving yeah. Life. Okay. Yes. Yeah. We'll have to see if yeah. we can find that uh, yeah. In, yeah. In, in the show notes for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I love that, like, that all of this falls under and naturally so like the the umbrella of justice yeah because mm -hmm. i think people a lot of times have this idea of justice as like hard line like you get what you deserve kind of right. thing but like the justice that we have to fall back on that we have to always start from is like giving to each his due right, right? and so that's why you know justice sometimes involves like punishment right yeah. like a, a, a some kind of a punitive nature uh, or activity right yeah. um because like if I haven't given to someone else their due, I've committed an injustice right. that has to be corrected, right? But we can also go too far the other way and like start to commit injustices to other people right. and call it justice. Yep. Right. And so when like, it's just vengeance. When it's just vengeance, yeah. Right. And so like restorative justice is beautiful because like at its heart, it's about like calling you back to like the way that you were created, right? Yeah. Calling you back mm -hmm. to the, the beauty of your creation and saying like that, what you did before is not you. Mm -hmm. right. So like come back to that, right? Cause what you're due is eternal life, right. right? Or like what you, what you are made for is eternal life. Right. And it's something that we, we are co-creators with God in, to, to reach, right. To, mm -hmm. to attain. Um, but like, I feel like mercy is so often missing from our, our sense of justice, especially right. in our society 
society that like <laughs> radicalizes everything. Yeah. Right. And justice and mercy are like not friends. They don't talk to each other. Yeah. When no, like when you look at true justice, mm-hmm. true justice involves mercy because mercy is what allows me to like take a step back, even mm-hmm. if I have to do it mentally, like my own presuppositions, to take a step back and see first the person. Yeah. And then. And then to reach into to their re- situation. Yeah. 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 and provide aid and that takes that, yeah. that takes effort right it it's does. very easy to look at a rap sheet to look at what someone did to look at like just the cold hard facts and make judgments right mm-hmm. but again that would be making myself god right. right and even god first looks at the person god calls us by name mm-hmm. right? and so like if we're going to do anything and call it justice we have to do that sure. too yeah. yeah well i think you know when we look at this issue it's the same as looking at uh, at at abortion there is not one side or the other you know we talk about dealing with criminals and people who are in prison a lot of times to to advocate for the life of a criminal um, people will say well you don't advocate for the life of the victim and that's not true Mm -hmm. so when we talk about being Mm pro-life you know and and that's what i love about october and that's what i you know this month of pro-life is that yeah i'm involved in uh, you know um anti-abortion work right but to say that i am pro-life means that Man, there's so much more that that entails. Yeah, you know that that it's just not it's not just an abortion topic. Yeah. that it's you know from the moment of of conception to the moment of natural death, yeah. and everything in between. And and real quick, yeah. are there are there any events or practical things that we can do uh, in the month of October? Certainly, there's 40 days for life right. that, that yeah. comes up in these seasons, and that you know. De- Regardless of where people are, they can go and see if there is a campaign happening near them. Mm -hmm. So that's a great tangible thing to Mm do. Uh, You know, I would say one thing would be pick a life issue that maybe you struggle with. Maybe Uh, it's capital punishment. Uh Um, As it is for many. You know, right. And I would say start to read what the church teaches about Mm -hmm. that and embrace the struggle yeah right like don't be afraid to you know and if you need to get into mother church has broad shoulders and god has broader shoulders yeah right 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 yeah Um, be willing to wrestle and lose i guess yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah um so that's good no that's a very good thing and that's and and that's part and parcel to being able to appreciate the dignity of the human person Mm -hmm. means taking this to prayer right but also being willing to be educated and oftentimes mm-hmm. that's the that's the the gap between um, saying, you know, I believe in this issue perhaps wrongly, mm-hmm. and what does God have to say about it? Right. You know, the, the the gap there is is to be educated to mm-hmm. form our consciences not based upon the universe inside my brain, mm-hmm. but to form our consciences on perhaps something that is outside of myself that is held to be universally true because mm-hmm. that's that's what the teachings of the church are is that Catholic, right? Is that they're, they're universally true because Christ, uh, his divine authority, uh, certainly teaches us these things in scripture, but then gives us the body, the teaching body of the church to uphold those truths and to keep them, um, to, to kind of keep them always before us in every age mm-hmm. so that the church can read the signs of the times. And it's interesting that when the church reads the signs of the times, she doesn't change her truth based upon the times. Mm-hmm. She, right, right. she represents the truth yes. in a language and in a way that those times can hear and then wrestle with Absolutely. and still come to God. 
mm-hmm. you know, and yep. still come to God. So that's, yeah, that's very mm-hmm. good. Yeah. And then uh, we talk about uh, outreach, right? Maybe it is mm-hmm. uh, going to pray before the abortion clinic. Maybe it right. is to get involved in prison ministry. Right. Maybe mm-hmm. it is to do hospice care, yeah. you know? Exactly. You know, look at what is happening in your area mm-hmm. and see how you may be able to contribute. Yeah. Um, certainly with prayer, but with time, yeah. if you can volunteer, mm-hmm. um, if you can donate a yep. particular item. Your local diocese, wherever you are, your mm-hmm. local diocese has a, a laundry list of yes. things they can get you involved with, Give I'm sure. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. right. And hopefully they have a respect life mm-hmm. officer coordinator yeah. somewhere yeah. Uh, that would be able to, to talk with you. And then also mm-hmm. we, we note legislative action huh? mm-hmm. is, is to be able to go to the, the voting booth and to support life mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. from conception until natural death and to not forget about the dignity of those that the world may cast off mm-hmm. because yes. they are not deemed useful or because they are deemed not rehabitable, mm-hmm. right? Um, to be able to practice yeah. that restorative justice in the way that you vote as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I tell you, it's been wonderful to, to have you on the show, Danielle. I mean, and, and honestly, I thought it was going to be like drinking from a fire hose, but no, it was it was like having a nice tall, cool, fizzy beverage that, yeah. that you've brought us through uh, so many of the, of the life issues that we, as Catholics, are called to struggle with, certainly, so that we can say, Lord, how are you calling me to see with your eyes? So thank you. Yeah, thank absolutely. you very much. Thank you. It Thanks always helps priests, too, because people think that we kind of just you know have have the minerals to do no we don't we have to we have to be educated as well and so thank you yeah well thank you yeah uh olivia galino uh also uh hath joined us i am here it is true (laughs) that's right and kathleen has joined us too kathleen we're so happy that you've uh joined us from studio k which is really only what 100 yards away Seventy-five like a million years (laughs) that's right yeah so it's space and time for Mm -hmm. kathleen You know, the Catholic Underground is made possible by viewers, listeners, and prayer warriors and benefactors like you. If you want to become an official undergrounder, you can go to catholicunderground.com slash donate and find out more. You can also help us out by letting other people know about us. If you liked this show and if you like Danielle and her her fantastic unfolding (laughs) of, uh, of respect for life, then remember to like us and heart us and star us on your platform of choice. And if the podcasting service that you have has a review option, consider leaving a favorable comment. And if you mention Danielle, you get 10% off your free podcast. Yeah, Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so so to all the gang who has joined us this evening, we say thank you also to uh, to Ed Ball, our video director, and to Albert DuPont, who has been running the audio in persona, Jeff Blackwellus. (laughs) Uh, We thank you very much. Also, Jim Hayes, who is our research assistant with his crew in the lab out there in California, a... Thank you, Jim, for all your help and for your prayer for our apostolate. And you know me. I'm Father Chris Decker. I'm at Digital Catholic on Twitter and Instagram. By the way, Inktober is still happening, and I've got to go do my Inktober drawing for tonight. So if you want to keep up with that, you can follow me at Digital Catholic. And you have been listening to the Catholic Underground. We're cutting through the noise so that you can find the still, small voice. We're happy you joined us, and we'll see you next time.